name is Justin Kraft. I'm the host of Influence Now podcast. And today I'm welcoming Hans Holkgren and John Carpenter with us. They are the founders and uh, just general experts when it comes to the Global Blockchain Summit. So I'm really excited to have you guys today. And we're hoping that anybody that is listening uh, that, that has, whether you know a lot about blockchain or not, uh, that this is very beneficial for you and we give you some really good uh, things to go on and some trending topics of what's going to be happening in blockchain and those types of things. So I'm going to start by having these guys introduce themselves themselves. Uh, Hans, if you want to go first, um, you know, sure. who, who sure. are you? What's your background and uh, why Global Blockchain Summit? Sure. Who is this guy, Hans? Exactly. <laughs> um, Justin, thanks for having us on. It's really great to be here. Um, yeah, so uh, my background is more in uh, data, uh, data warehousing, business intelligence modeling in that area, big data. Um, I've been working that for a couple decades and also um, serial entrepreneur by design, so a lot of different things over the years. Uh, recently, I've really been getting uh, much more into blockchain, so you can sort of classify um, that age-old definition now of blockchain enthusiast. Um, what that means, I think, will be... Um, determined in the next several years. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things happening. So, And John, if you want to go ahead, I know you've, you've been in blockchain for quite a while, so what's a little bit of your background and, and bring that together for us? Oh, sure, Justin. Glad to catch up with you. So I've been involved in you know entrepreneurial ventures and data warehousing uh, projects in the past, and really blockchain is what's fascinating to me because of its distributed ledger technology. So... Right now, I've been involved with both Hyperledger, and I run their Denver meetup for them, and uh, really enjoy working with that team. I'm also involved with the Cicero Smart Contract Working Group, and helping them to really make sure that we're developing uh, smart contracts on the blockchain. And then I've also participated as the president of the Denver uh, Government Blockchain Association, and really trying to promote, you know, as a liaison between the government and companies that have blockchain solutions that can be adopted by the government. And right now, uh, we are doing a training session, and we're going to be able to offer training in March for people to become a government blockchain association certified train or certified consultant to the government. So we're working on that as well. And then, of course, the great uh, Global Blockchain Summit. That's fantastic. That's a that's quite the background. And then outside of that, you run another business too. That's a digital marketing business too. So I know you're a busy guy. <laughs> so, uh, um, so I don't know who wants to take this question first, but um, we're going to focus a lot on the Global Blockchain Summit itself on this conversation today. And also then some of the trending topics within blockchain, since you guys are so involved with it and, and know so many people in this industry. I mean, you can just look at the speaker lineup for this event and it's amazing. It's right up there with some of the best speaker lineups in any blockchain conference out there. Um, give us a little background on what is the Global Blockchain Summit and kind of maybe a little background on when, how it came about. I don't know who wants to take it first. Hans, if you want to go first or John. Sure. No, I can definitely take it. Yeah. So uh, Global Blockchain Summit is a conference uh, and actually it's, uh, as the name states, we're really uh, focused on this being international so as a global blockchain summit, we're bringing people in from all over to come and speak and participate in it. Um, as we are uh, now working it, I see that we'll have 
uh, multiple conferences per year um, coming up and expanding locations as well. Um, when we first really kicked it off, I think you wanted to know more about that, right? This, um, this uh, how it came to be. Um, we were really looking at uh, originally forming a uh, global data summit um, back in, in uh, well, about almost probably pushing more closer to two years ago, discussing that idea of a data summit. And this um, blockchain, of course, has been a real strong interest uh, and up and coming, certainly a lot more awareness of it in the industry. Um, so we started to uh, add on information on blockchain. It became its own day. It became its own conference. So I think like a lot of things in blockchain today, these are business models that are emerging based on the promise and popularity of what's happening with, with blockchain. Um, so that's really the foundation of it. Um, yeah. So. Can you give us a little more, or maybe John, you can answer this, so a little bit more on the uh, speakers that are actually coming and, and giving us a little bit more of, uh, you know, a little bit, without going too deep into their background, just some of the, like, level of people that you guys have coming to this, because I think it's very valuable for our audience to understand that. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to go into that. So, really, as far as our signature keynote speaker, we have Chris Ferris from IBM. He is the CTO of Open Technology, and... Really, he's also the driving force behind the Technical Steering Committee for Hyperledger as well. And so if you're familiar with the Hyperledger platform, that is sponsored by the Linux Foundation, and it's really being adopted by all of the major companies for enterprise blockchain solutions. And then we also have uh, David Hughesby, and he's with Hyperledger. He's their security maven. And he's really going to do a great presentation around, really, I think what people are all, all concerned about is how does security play into blockchain and what problems does it solve. So that's fantastic. We also have uh, Mike DiPetrillo. And so at our last Global Blockchain Summit, VMware announced their initial foray into the blockchain space. And so Michael's going to be out and update us on that as well. And then we also have a lot of great speakers that are around, you know, companies that are deploying uh, blockchain. We have uh, George Saharnas from Dragon Chain. So if you're familiar with Walt Disney's implementation of blockchain, this is the spinoff from that, it's Dragon Chain. And then we also have Bob Tapscott coming out from the Tapscott Group. Everyone who's read the Blockchain Revolution should know around the block, uh, Tapscott Group. And so he's going to be out as well. Uh, we're going to have Salt Lending out. They're a great company that allows you to borrow against your cryptocurrency. But just a whole host of fantastic speakers and panelists. We also have a panelist coming out, Cam Turner from Founderbit. And he's really been involved with promoting a lot of blockchain uh, companies and incubating companies in Stanford. That's fantastic. And that's just some of them. I think I think yeah, if, a yeah, handful. Yeah, handful. So if anyone wants to check it out, I mean, we're, I don't want to make this too much of a commercial, but it's definitely worthwhile to understand who's kind of in the space, who's actually coming to this event, and your guys' background in relation to that. So what problem, because we have, we have so many different, we have a gamut of listeners, right? So I want to make it, clearly we can go really deep into this. I'd love to have you guys back to get any deeper conversations on blockchain. Um, 
what can you, we have novice people, we have people that are heavy into this, we have all kinds of people across the board, so I apologize in advance if you know everything there is to know about blockchain already, but um, what is the big problem that, that this is solving um, in blockchain itself? And, and maybe give us a little bit of a definition of blockchain, just backing up a second, just so people understand it really quick, maybe 30 seconds, one minute, I know that doesn't do it any justice, but give us a little bit of a background on what it is, what the problem is solving, and then the reason for the existence of the Global Blockchain Summit in relation to that. So Hans, do you sure. want to go first? Yeah, sure, why not? I mean, when you said 30 seconds to a minute, that you know, sounded perfect for me, so uh, let's, uh, let's do that for sure. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know if it can be quite that fast, but if we start off with the first part of your question on really what is blockchain, I think, like you mentioned, there's going to be people from different walks of life here. And certainly in the blockchain world, there's those that are very deep in, and they might be deep in on the technology or the business model side, and there's people that are just looking more at the higher level uh, what are the opportunities that this this represents? So I, I think from a real, I would say starting from a real uh, high level, um, we're talking here about an architecture, a framework, um, so we, we call, they call it a fabric in, in blockchain world. So it's really the technology, the systems behind uh, running, uh, you know, like other computer systems we've had and databases we've had. It's that kind of fabric, the background for it. Here we refer to an immutable distributed ledger meaning that it works like a ledger where once you've written to it, it doesn't go away. And also, we can trust that what you wrote uh, to it won't ever be um, touched or, or compromised. So that's that makes it very secure, um, and it forms this concept of trustless trust, which we, we refer to in, in this uh, world as well, meaning I don't really have to trust all the players that I'm working with to know that the arrangement we have with each other can be trusted. Like the way we execute and work with each other can be trusted. So now from a feature perspective, I would say it allows people um, to be in control of their own identities, which we can do a whole other thing as to why that's a big deal. It hasn't really been feasible this much before. Um, but it can also control our identities and the things that we're associated with. So our homes, uh, title to our homes, our vehicles, our accounts with money in it, which is the thing we seem to hear about most these days, um, and also what we do with those things. So what we do with those things is we transact with them. We have events. So I purchase something. I, I document a claim. I do a trade. I um, assume a title. I obtain a certificate. Um, I might uh, enter into a contract of any uh, type. And certainly sending money, right? That's one of the things that's on the low line for, for, uh, for things that happen on here. And so picture that we can do that in a secure way, but we also don't have to trust the people around us. And I think one of the big parts is we don't really need to rely on intermediaries in the same way that we've been doing. So now large insurance companies, large banks, brokers of any kind, you know, financial broker, stock broker, uh, if you look at um, uh, real estate brokers, um, transportation brokerages, anything where you have an agent or a brokerage, are really subject to some kind of a disintermediation, which really gives more power to people to transact with each other in a more fluid way without that intermediary. And the intermediaries have been there for the purposes of trust, but now when we can have the fabric deliver the trust, then we can really uh, take advantage of, of uh, a world of new opportunities. And I think, so for the summit itself, I think one of the big things for us is that, you know, 
um, there's been this association with cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and that uh, association with blockchain. And if you kind of picture that all cryptocurrencies, of which there's 1,400 plus something today, really just represent the very tip of the iceberg of things that blockchain will be very usable for. So blockchain is going to go vastly beyond um, cryptocurrencies. And those other business models are very exciting. I think for the blockchain summit, the global blockchain summit, we're really concerned with the bigger picture. Of course, cryptocurrency, that's a given. But beyond that, all the other uh, interesting facets that we can bring. Um, a big part of it for, for John and myself, I can also tell you, is um, uh, we committed uh, early on that, you know, the front range here in Colorado is really a great place to be the equivalent of the Silicon Valley for blockchain, right? So we should really have this be a, a, a place in Colorado where we can kind of have a foundation for this and then, of course, have a global uh, focus on it. So I don't know if that answers the two parts of your question. I'm going to piggyback on the Colorado thing really quick. Uh, it, it's I want you to elaborate a little more on that, but where I'm coming from with it, but people that don't live here that might be listening that don't live in Colorado, I'm actually from Colorado myself um, and in Colorado right now. And the, the landscape here is fast becoming a tech startup, tech-focused community. Um, Arrow has a headquarters here. Um, we have, uh, IBM has a huge presence just outside of Boulder. Uh, the, so many, VMware, huge presence, uh, WebRoot software. I mean, we, I can go on and on, right? There's so many different tech companies here that it does make sense that this could become a really, and, and honestly, all the people moving here and then actually the cost of living being a lot less than Silicon Valley and other places, even though it is getting expensive here, <laughs> um, it's, it's very much become a place, I think, where it can incubate a lot of what's going on in the blockchain community and its central location is really helpful for that as well. Um, so I don't know if you have anything else to, to add to that, that why you think it might be, why Colorado is such a great spot for that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think everything you just mentioned, absolutely. I think that's definitely true. Um, I look at it as if we already have a great starting point for it. There's a lot going on here. And also, if you look at the current um, configuration of uh, government agencies, educational institutions, private companies, uh, smaller startup scene, uh, the innovation, creativity element that we have here, it just ends up, you know, forming a place that's just perfect for a foundation on, on blockchain and such. And, um, and certainly, I mean, I think like you do probably, and I know John does as well, there's a lot of travel, but you kind of really find that this is a good place as a hub. Um, definitely, let's not, uh, um, you know, make it, well, we should make it clear that, of course, it's, it, you know, blockchain is global, and our, our summits and our involvement are also global, but as a foundational point, as a hub, this is definitely a great place for it. I'm going to direct this uh, next question at John. Uh, so, so we're, we're looking at. I'm looking ahead to the industry itself, and what are maybe three of the biggest challenges right now that blockchain is facing, and or cryptocurrency, and, and just kind of elaborate on that for us. Yeah. So I think one of the ones is the speed of the blockchain, and so you know we've heard about the crypto kitties incident with the Ethereum platform. And really, anything that's really going to slow down writing the next block on the blockchain is something that's going to be critical to you know, 
we can speed it up, the adoption is going to go way up. And so there's other platforms out there like IOTA or even Hashgraph, if you've heard of that, that are more you know innovative technologies to try and speed up the speed at which the block is uh, written. I think the other thing that's going to be an emerging challenge is always regulation follows where the industry is going. So when we look at these ICOs, which is an initial coin offering, you know, the SEC has come in and said, okay, here we're going to do these as securities. You better make sure that you're complying with the securities laws when you're trying to do an ICO. And so the regulation of, you know, both these ICOs, which are kind of a crowdfunding source for each one of these startups, or even how do they treat cryptocurrencies? And, you know, now they've kind of looked at them as an asset and you can you know, recognize a capital gain, but if there's additional regulation from either the United States or other countries around cryptocurrencies, that's definitely going to be a challenge coming forward in, you know, the blockchain industry. And then I think the other thing that's going to be critical is interoperability. So one of the things, there's a project out there called Hyperledger Quilt. And Hyperledger Quilt allows interoperability between blockchains. Because we all know, just like in regular technology or in the internet, not everybody adopts the same solution. Somebody might say, hey, I really love Ethereum, I want to run an Ethereum blockchain. Somebody else says, I love Hyperledger, I'm going to run a Hyperledger Fabric blockchain. And so being able to, you know, have data interchange between both of those is going to be critical going forward on the adoption program. Yeah. So, so you're saying the actual integration of some of these technologies is actually a place where there's a lot of opportunity and some of the challenges that exist are really within that, that area. Um, could you tell us a little bit more for some of those that might be out there, maybe the difference between an Ethereum and a Hyperledger, like you were just discussing? I, I think it'd be valuable for people to kind of understand why that integration might be difficult. Well, each blockchain would be its own separate item. So Ethereum has where you pay for gas and then you can get that next block to be written and you're trying to you know, get in the priority schema to have it done. Whereas in Hyperledger, and that's a public uh, blockchain, so you're going to have out there people running mining nodes. Whereas in Hyperledger, you're going to look at it more on the permission-based blockchain. And you're going to have somebody saying, okay, we have all these trusted banks. And we're going to say, you can go in and become a part of our blockchain because you have a, you know, a proof of stake in the blockchain to make sure that it's done right. And if you write something that's not correct, we're going to pull your stake. Or even now, just recently, we did a presentation at the Government Blockchain Association meeting, which was around Hyperledger Sawtooth. Hyperledger Sawtooth is an implementation that's really backed by Intel Corporation around their Sawtooth platform to make it where it's proof of elapsed time as a proof mechanism to really try and solve some of these energy issues. So, you know, each one of these blockchains has its own pros and cons, and companies and governments are going to choose what's best for them. But ultimately, there's probably going to have to be cross collaboration and data exchange between blockchains themselves. Agree, agree. That fabric's got to start integrating in within itself. Um, it's got to be its, its own internet within itself. Um, so I want to 
flip this question around, that last question a little bit, and either Hans or, or John, whatever, whoever is the most appropriate to answer this, I know you kind of hit on this already a little bit with that integration part as one of the top three things that are going to be changing this year. But if you could give me what kind of your top three technology changes and improvements on the blockchain we will see within the next year. I know some, some of those challenges may not be within the next year that you just explained. So what changes do you kind of foresee coming within the next like 12 months or, or near future that are maybe, it could be very minor or it could be very major. What, what are you kind of seeing in this market? I can start real quick. Just, uh, I would say one thing to keep in mind is that this is very early on still. So if, if you were uh, around and, and kind of engaged in the whole thing with the uh, uh, early internet companies and such, um, you know, looking for where are the standards going to be, who's going to be the player at the end is, is, is I think, one of the things we'll be looking for in the next 12 to 18 month window. Um, as John was just saying, there's some challenges that we have to have to resolve, which means that there's an opportunity for those that can more eloquently or, or effectively solve those problems to really make make uh, presence. Uh, I think I would say, of course, it's very hard to predict who's going to be that player. It's the, uh, you know, DivX DVD, if you remember that back in the day discussion, um, you know, who prevails and, and, uh, and that has a lot to do with factors that are not just technical, but also have to do with um, how people are perceiving it, what's the market share, who's behind it, who's backing it. Um, so I think, you know, it's again, it's hard to predict the specific ones that are going to occur, but the challenges we're trying to solve are going to need to be worked on, and that spells opportunity for people that can uh, can address it. Um, Hashgraph, as uh, John mentioned, uh, there's a, a collection of other um, technologies that are uh, similar that people are, are contemplating to deal with some of the issues we have. Um, but I would say the big punchline here is that overall, the idea of a, of a um, uh, distributed ledger technology of an immutable ledger of this type of fabric, it's solid. It's it's given. We're, it's not going away. We will absolutely have uh, immutable distributed ledger technology, um, and uh, one two flavors will prevail, and will solve the problems. Fantastic. I'm gonna piggyback. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, actually, I'm gonna back up a little bit, guys. Um, getting out of the hyperledger because I think we can go down a rabbit hole with hyperledger and 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 the technology itself behind blockchain. And I think you know it might be relevant for a part two of this. But I know we have a lot of people that uh, treat cryptocurrency um, as an investment. Uh, for example, um, I got a ton of friends that don't know a whole lot about blockchain technology itself, but they're invested. Um, so it definitely traded like a security. So I want to ask this question just to just to help those people that necessarily aren't don't necessarily care about the blockchain that much itself, but care about security side of it. Um, what do you believe? So there's so many cryptocurrencies. I think you mentioned there's 1,400 right now, roughly 1,400 floating around out there. Do you guys have kind of tokens that have caught your eye or cryptocurrencies that have caught your eye? ICOs that have caught your eye that you think might be good things to look at. I know we're not giving investment advice here. Let's put that out there. But do you have some that you really like and you really like what they're doing? I know you mentioned salt as something earlier. Um, what What's out there that um, 
that you think people should be looking at and looking at hard? Uh, John, if you want, or I can, so, I mean, I, I can just tell you the yeah, Hans first. punchlines. I think we, we definitely are looking at um, which ones are, are interesting and not. Um, it, from my own perspective, it's a very small part of this world, so it's it's not uh, definitely not a primary focus. Mm-hmm. Um, as you would with a lot of things, I think we're looking, of course, at things that have a solid business plan, the right team, the right foundation, as you would have done uh, back in the Internet era as well. Uh, specific recommendations, I think I really stay away from, to be honest with you. But um, if you're looking for um, ones that have a, a foundational business model uh, that will solve a real problem and you have the right team and uh, it's solid, I think that's the thing to really look for. Um, which isn't to say, of course, that in this hyper-volatile trading you know, uh, crypto environment, there won't be tons of fortunes made for those that are are playing the numbers and and, uh, and know their day trading strategies, fine. Uh, that's just not a world we're really in. I think when the dust settles, there'll be some players standing, and those are the ones to try to seek out. That's a, that's a good answer. I should have rephrased the question slightly um, just to take it away from actual recommendations and say, what do you think are going to be the reasons or the cryptocurrency types that will last and be the long-lasting type. So yeah, I think you answered that very well there, Hans. Do you have, John, do you have anything to add to that on what somebody should be looking for as far as a, any kind of, like, what are the key things that make a cryptocurrency valid and, and, and sustainable? Yeah, so I'll just say, you know, I, I'm, we're not here to give any investment advice or anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'll just talk a little bit about cryptocurrency adoption versus any type of investment advice. So I think one of the things that you can look at, certain uh, tokens have certain attributes that people like, and I think a lot of what is maybe the value of cryptocurrency is you know, social adoption, very much along the lines of Facebook. So when you look at, uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with Metcalf's Law, this is the one thing that I've kind of looked at for how valuation can be looked at, is once you have enough people that are really going in and saying, yeah, I'm going to accept this as a real store of value, then that can generate, you know, a real value. And so one of the things I would say is Ethereum has definitely have a lot of developers working on that. And, you know, they have their ERC-20 tokens and they have Solidity as a backbone for that. I think that really has a lot of different value. I think that if you look at Bitcoin, that's just basically the granddaddy that started off the whole, you know, let's say, uh, blockchain space and, you know, the distributed ledger philosophy. And then, you know, there's other cryptos out there that have certain attributes that people like. Like, for example, Zcash would be one, or maybe that's a little bit more private than some of the other cryptocurrencies. But as far as a specific recommendation, you know, Hans and I, I think, are in the same boat. We're not giving any recommendation. We can just yeah. tell you the different attributes that are maybe positive about it. Exactly. That's, what, that's exactly what I'm looking for there. So um, clearly it also depends on what you're trying to do with it as well from a company standpoint or from a protection standpoint or whatever you're needing that technology for. So I'm going to jump back in. Uh, I, I just wanted to make sure we had a little bit of an industry analysis and kind of update on the industry from you guys. So I'm going to step back into your guys' event coming up a little bit. And 
we, we talked about some of the speakers that are coming. Um, I do want to ask another question. What's, what makes your event a little different than some of the other blockchain or cryptocurrency events that are kind of floating out there? Uh, because I really feel like just even having you two guys in the room <laughs> makes it worthwhile to go to because every time I talk to you guys, I get smarter on the industry. Um, so what is it uh, that makes this event a little bit different than any of these other events that I'm seeing out there, whether it's at CES or whatever other, you know, industry things exist. Yeah, I can just do the first half if you want, John. So here, here's the thing about that. I think for, from our perspective, when we were kicking these conferences off, part of it was, of course, the, the Colorado connection. And then the other part of it, I think, was how do we focus on the things that are important to an innovative entrepreneurial community, and also uh, relook at how conferences are structured, given what we know today. So I think, for example, um, time to get into more meaningful, interactive conversations with your peers to network uh, possibly a little bit deeper than otherwise. Um, we, we've kind of changed the structure of conferences a little bit to accommodate more of that, which I think is a, is a big difference. And then also because we're not as focused, I would say, on the cryptocurrency side. Of course, it's covered. It's not, not the point, but it's covered within its due percentage of focus, right? Because there's so much more important things to look at uh, in addition to it that we want to make sure we're covering all those different areas. And I think, uh, as we mentioned at the very beginning, uh, this is a huge um, you know, uh, force of democratization. It's, a, it's, a, it's an individual ability to control their own identity. And things that happen with it. So the impact is very broad. And um, so for from, uh, you know, sending money to uh, shipping products, uh, you know, in a, in a logistics environment to um, anywhere where you have titles or certification or uh, ownership changes or things you code into contracts, there's a lot of uh, legal, um, environmental, uh, government, um, private industry from manufacturing to logistics to banking to whatever where where these um, these kind of features contribute to it and there'll be new business models so we're really focused on getting a broad base of that into it um, so I think between those two pieces it's kind of the innovative broader look at blockchain and then it's the uh, structure of the conferences to make it more fulfilling for the people that show up Perfect. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask this question, this next question too, because we have a little bit of a marketing slant on our podcast and a little bit of a business, how to do a business, how to run your business slant. So when you guys have gone about creating this conference, and this will be valuable to anybody that might have an ICO or any business, or they're looking to throw an event or whatever it is. Can you give me some of the kind of uh, ways that you guys are getting the word out for this event, promoting this event, positioning this event, um, just so the audience can understand maybe, or, or maybe even give tips on how some of these, um, whether they're a cryptocurrency or a blockchain or whatever it is, companies that are supporting industry around this can market themselves and really look into getting their name out there because now, I mean, it's, there's becoming so many and it's becoming such a trending topic. Getting the word out, being a differentiator is becoming harder and harder, whether you're an event like yourselves or whatever it is. So what are the things that you, or the advice that you can give or the things that you're doing in relation to this event to really get the word out on it? 
the main thing has to be working with you, Justin. I think that's, that's, <laughs> the, uh, that's what we're counting on. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, John definitely can, can answer to the, the deeper web marketing side of it. And I think we focus also on um, partnering and, and uh, getting the word out through, uh, of course, social media channels and, and um, really trying to get involved in the community um, so we can interact with the people that are, are doing the same kind of things. Um, I think there's probably really no magic to getting there except for really getting engaged, um, mm-hmm. you know, following the, following the channels uh, that you can work with that are on the media side. Um, yeah, we go to a lot of events as well. Yeah, and I know John actually heads up a lot of organizations, and I think that's a valuable thing too for, for a, lot of, a lot of folks out there that are in blockchain, just getting into blockchain, have a blockchain-related company of some sort, make sure you're in leadership at some of these events and be the knowledge person, be a knowledge leader. Um, and don't worry as much about your company promoting at these types of things, but becoming that knowledge leader. And I'll let John, I'll let you talk about that a little more in, in your involvement in some of those organizations and what you've seen from that and the success there. Yeah. And I agree with you on that is I think it's also be a good community participant. So I think in addition to leadership, be a good participant. So one of the things that I'm doing right now, Justin, is I'm working with another group, which is the Global Legal Hackathon, and I'm trying to help with their group to make sure that we have a successful hackathon for the legal space. And so I'm working with a gentleman, Trent, and uh, you know, trying to get where we have all these different people come together just to figure out what types of legal-related blockchain, primarily, solutions can be generated from the hackathon. So that's coming up as well. Okay. One last question before my one last question, which is the fun question. So two more questions. So we have, um, what I've discovered out there too in the, in the world of blockchain, I've been involved with it on a slight level for a long time and, and gotten a little more involved in it over the last couple of years. What where there's the problem that exists in the world of information being everywhere is you don't know where to go to get verifiable information and information that you can trust. So I want to give our listeners an idea of where they can go to get genuine information on blockchain, cryptocurrency, um, it, not just stuff that PR people like our company, PR marketing people like my company do where you know we, we put stuff out there and position our clients. I'm looking for genuine information that people can go find. Um, so do you guys have any website ideas for people that they can go to to really get knowledgeable and or certification programs that might exist or any of that stuff that is out there that they can really feel like they can trust and believe what's being said? Okay, so I'll, I'll give you a couple and Hans can weigh in as well. So I would say that, you know, the Linux Foundation is always about making sure that it's, you know, open source, good for the people. And so I would say if you want to go for a good starting point, they have a good suite of information that you can get at hyperledger.org. And tell you all about the different projects. It'll give you links into being able to download the projects and work on the projects and go down that path. And we're talking more on the technology side here, not the cryptocurrency side. Okay? 
And then also I think that the Government Blockchain Association, which I'm a part of, has been really doing a great job of trying to be an outreach to people to both you know, provide them with resources by which to connect to the government or people in government that want to adopt blockchain. So it's kind of a two-way street. That's a really good source. So that's a government blockchain association. And it, there is also training that's offered through the government blockchain association as well. And then the final one that I would suggest is for training on uh, stuff is IBM also offers a free training program someone wants to get up to speed with how to use Hyperledger, and I think that's through their EDX platform. So if somebody wants to go out and Google that, I'm sure they'd be able to find it. Fantastic. Hans, do you have any more to add to that? Yeah, well, I know, I think those are perfect. I think I found some uh, good training available on uh, Ethereum's uh, network as well that was, yeah, free, and of course it's, you know, uh, it's an Ethereum base, but it's um, teaching you how it works, and it's a major player, so I think that's that's awesome. Um, I think one thing that, that uh, John and I both found, too, is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of meetups. And, you know, I wasn't as involved in the meetups before, but I think what you're finding out is the people that are going um, come from all walks of life and are interested in, in getting involved with the community and sharing their ideas. Uh, so I know it's not on the web, but what it is, is I think it gives you an idea of places you can go locally um, to meet up with people and share ideas. And I think one of the things that you find when you have a new emerging, uh, you know, uh, rocketing, I should say, not emerging technology like this, is um, a lot of people have that open source mentality. I mean, they're, they're share and share alike. Uh, you know, the uh, rising tides lift all boats we heard the other night uh, at one of our sessions. And I think that's a, a great way to look at it here. So, um, you know, outside the ones that John was mentioning, I think on the web there are good ones, there are not so good ones. Um, the ones mentioned were great, uh, but if you go beyond those, I think, um, uh, you know, get involved with the community. And of course, uh, you know, honestly, of course it's self-serving, but I think, you know, coming to the kind of summits we're, we're putting together now, like the watching summit, um, it's your, you kind of hear it from the horse's mouth, right? So this is, these are the people that are in the thick of it, and it's um, you know, not filtered by anything other than uh, you know, the air between you and the speaker. So um, that's, that's also a good way to, to really get the kind of true information, I would say. That's fantastic. Great answers. I think that's going to give our listeners some good starting points. Um, so now, <laughs> the fun question of the day. So I want to just ask you, just because... Again, we like we like to have some fun with this. What would be the hardest thing? And I'll start with uh, I'll start with you, John, on this, and then we'll go to Hans. What would be the hardest thing for you to give up on right now in your life, just in general? Could could doesn't even have to be related to blockchain. But what is the hardest thing for you to give up on right now? Hardest thing for me to give up on? Yep. As far as well, I'd say my entrepreneurial ventures, right? I mean, to me, I can't give up anything that's entrepreneurial. So what I would say is is, is in my wheelhouse to say, no, I'm not going to give up that. Hans, what do you got for me? Well, you know, one thing, we have to pick one thing. Um, I'm so with the entrepreneurial thing. I think that's that defines our livelihoods, right? And we took blockchain off the table, but that's definitely the focus of it for us right now, which is really exciting. Um, I would say other than that, uh, you know, if you look outside of work, it's either hiking or it's beer. Uh, I, I think uh, you'd have to fight me till the last, uh, you know, breath if you want to take 
hold a beer out of my hands or take my hiking <laughs> boots or whatever. So, that's the perfect Colorado answer, Hans. <laughs> we live in the Napa Valley of beer. So, um, yeah, and I, I think for anybody listening, most a, a lot of our listeners anyway are entrepreneurs and 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 or freelancers and with the freelance economy that's emerging right now, that is so true for all of us that are entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm me being one of them. So I can't give it up. I love it. Um, I love the freedom of it. And um, perfect answers, guys. I want to thank you both for your time today. Um, I want to want to plug Global Blockchain Summit one more time. I think it's going to be an amazing event. It's actually just an amazing opportunity to actually get intimate time. We're talking a four, 400 to 1,000 person event, not overly huge, that is going to give you intimate time with really big name speakers in this industry. And I think that's invaluable. Um, so if you guys, uh, Hans, do you want to plug where they can uh, go to find Global Blockchain Summit? And I will say one other thing. Underneath wherever I post this podcast or videocast, we will have a link for you to get $50 off your registration. So if you click on that link, go all the way through to the cart, there'll be an automatic $50 deducted from your bill on your registration. So where can they go to find out more or follow Global Blockchain Summit and those types of things, Hans? Sure. So it's uh, globalblockchainsummit.com. Um, it's a long name, but it, of course it's probably easy to remember. Uh, and then there we'll have our latest cut on what's going on with uh, the speaker lineup and the current agenda. So definitely that's the place to go. Um, you can also uh, click on the link there and email uh, our team. Uh, and that definitely will uh, get to us so we can have a communication or a discussion if you want to get further into it, if you have any questions. Um, we did just augment the team, so we're hired up now um, and have some new players. We had our, our uh, kickoff for our new team just the other day. Uh, so we're, we're here to help out if you have questions, so please uh, click the email link and, and if, you, if you want to discuss anything. Yeah, and any comments that anyone has to, we'll have uh, that capability wherever this podcast lives, as well as uh, we have a direct line of communication if somebody wants to reach out to me directly, or I'll put your guys' contact information wherever this uh, podcast is at, too. So uh, having said that, thank everyone for joining us today. Thank you, Hans. Thanks, thank you, John. And we look forward to seeing you again and seeing you soon.